This Satellite Sisters Talk TV recap of Madam Secretary is brought to you by Satellite Sisters. That's right. We love that you listen to the recap here at Talk TV. We hope you're subscribed, but we'd love you to listen to the regular Satellite Sisters podcast, or the big show, as we call it. It's hosted by me, Leanne Dolan, my big sister, Julie Dolan, and my big sister, Liz Dolan. It's women's humor, health, happiness, and we just feel like it's a whole lot of fun. So come on over, give it a listen. In fact, we're going to add a trailer onto the end of this recap. So if you've never heard Satellite Sisters, stay tuned at the end of the Madam Secretary recap for a special trailer. We hope you join us. You can subscribe to Satellite Sisters at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or NPR One, or wherever you listen to this podcast. You're listening to the Satellite Sisters Talk TV recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer and producer in Los Angeles. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who's our international correspondent and political watcher in Dallas, Texas. Jewel, season premiere. It's exciting. I know. I just put the flag up the flagpole, Leanne. I've got the bunting out. Uh, it is, uh, I love the opening of this premiere. They had the big shots of Washington and the White House. We're back, Leanne. We're yeah. back in the center of it all. We are. Did you enjoy a gimlet while watching the show? I Now, there's a drink making a comeback. Yes, <laughs> that is a crusty New England preppy drink to have a gimlet. My my in-laws used to drink gimlet. Oh. Maybe maybe a few too many, Lynn, too. Yeah. Speaking of crusty New Englanders. Yes, yes, yes. It was their drink of choice, Lynn. So they nailed that. Whoever Whoever wrote that in got that right. All right. This is the season premiere of season five. This episode is called E Pluribus Unum. If for somehow you missed it, we did talk to show creator Barbara Hall and EP Lori McCreary on the the Madam Secretary recap last week. So go back and listen to that interview because they gave us a lot of good insights into how they got all those secretaries of state there. But we're just doing the straight up recap for this episode. So we're back, Jewel. Here's what we got. Bess is on the move. Henry is back in blue. We're ready to denuclearize the subcontinent. There's more walking. There's more talking. There's more walking back language. We got Tony winner, Linda Lavin, on the show. I love her. Yes. And three, count them, three former secretaries of state, plus some of our favorite tropes. What about the trick dinner party? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. The switcheroo. Yeah. All right. I like it. Stevie stays noisy. She's got her own big speech there. Yeah. Uh, Jay is back with his child care issues. Still not. Okay. We don't know where that child is. Strapped in the stroller land. And they and he still hasn't nailed down a nanny to help him out there. Yeah. He's going to work it out, though. And could you believe it? Blake cannot find Belgian Andive anywhere, Julie. Anywhere. Couldn't find it's it. It's a crisis in Washington, Leon. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken... Was that a trumpet bragoon in the show? <laughs> was that a bragoon? Yes, yes, there it was quite a quite a trumpet ex, uh, explosion there, Land. Yes, yes. And, and if you don't know what you're you we're talking about, you got to listen to the Big Satellite Sisters show for that inside joke. But trumpet bragoon, and then finally, like boom, a bomb goes off in the White House. So we had yeah. all these great things, and then we had real drama, real action, and real consequences. So uh, here were the storylines. Let me, I'll give you the three storylines and then we'll break them down. We have India and Pakistan agreement. 
we have a Bess and Henry agreement, and then we have OG Washington and NextGen agreement, okay? Oh, yeah, Leanne, that's good. That's a good way. The three big storylines. Okay, so first we're going to do India and Pakistan because that was the big, the good global problem they had to solve this week on the show, global crisis. Yes, and- just totally denuclearize uh, the subcontinent. That's check. Get that done. But so we first, we see Bess. And uh, she's in Martha's Vineyard. She's enjoying some vacation time there at the president's house. The yeah. gimlet arrives. Uh, and it's also time for the PDB, as we know, the presidential daily briefing. That's oh, what that Ian, is. good. Okay, that's, this is now that we're into season five, people, you just got to get with the acronyms, you know. So we're going to call it MSEC, PDB. You just got to do it. Yeah, I don't know why they were getting the PDB be at lunchtime or like what time were they cooking the burgers and drinking the gimlets? I don't know. <laughs> I hope it was past noontime before they started on the gimlets, Leon, but we can't say. Okay. So Bess goes into the PDB and she's in a beachy cover up. So I don't know why, uh, I don't know where Russell thought that would look presidential as we, but okay. I, I wasn't, I, it looked fabulous. I don't know oh, what great. it was. Yeah. I, I was like, I wrote that down right away, Lee, and I wasn't certain whether it was a bathrobe, a beach co- cover up. It had like, it was floral. It had a belt. It was long. It was flowy. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It wasn't the Russell was trying to get some quote presidential pictures, you know, yeah. because Bess was going to run. It just did, did not seem that presidential, but all right. No. That's fine. I enjoyed the cover-up, though. So, but in the PDB, we learned, I don't know, India's done something. There's been, you know, there was a lot of politics here, but they... they yes, they have, you know, there were, you know, atrocities between the Hindus and yeah. the Muslims. So yes. that this is the Muslim minority that they went after, you know, and it's part of a nationalist movement. That was one of the uh, themes that we learned about this episode. And we know that because we talked to the two executive producers of the show. They were trying to focus on the theme of nationalism versus patriotism. Yeah. Okay. Excellent, Julie. Good breakdown there. <laughs> I was, I'm doing my I job have been... and I was prepared. I know you have your doubts sometimes, but I, I tried to bring it. All right. So Bess was rebuke. She wanted to rebuke India for this crackdown. That did not get uh, universally positive reviews from her team at the State Department, but they had to walk back some language because, oh, there was this secret negotiation. What is it? Backdoor, they call backdoor negotiation going on with Pakistan, who's happy apparently to denuclearize if they can get some water from India. So the rebuke now becomes part of the New Deal, and that's a problem. And uh, and then the India prime minister, not really that psyched to have anything to do with this deal once Henry mouths off. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And then, Julie, she tries the old dinner party diplomacy. <laughs> yes, she does. The, you know, the light bulb went on. She she knew about that Pakistani military uh, uh, attache, a general that just happened to be in Mexico. And she felt like if she could get him into the same room with the Indian ambassador, that things could happen, Leanne, that the bridges could be crossed, deals could be made all around a cup of tea. Yeah, Bess wasn't even really serving dinner. She was just making tea. That's a good point. Yes. (laughs) All right. She lures them both into that kitchen, which we all want to have tea in that kitchen. She lures them into the kitchen and strikes this deal. And they're going to sign this momentous historic deal. And that's when the bomb goes off in Washington. But more on that later. Okay, now Bess and Henry 
All right. We're so happy to be back, Julie, back in the Georgetown bedroom of Washington's most attractive couple, aren't we? (laughs) Yes, we are. It feels good. They look good. They're happy. Everything's great land. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've decided together that Bess is going to make this big move to run for president. She's still a year out, but, you know, they need to move forward together. At least that's what we thought they were doing. But, uh, uh-oh, little marital spat about diplomacy. Yeah, ooh, you some know. tension there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, other couples fight about wet towels on the floor, but Henry and Bess spat about a dipl- diplomatic pivot on India. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right, Leanne. Yes. Some pivoting ooh. happening in the, be- in the bedroom. There's a lot of back and forth. Neither one was very happy where uh, the other one ended up on India. So yeah, see, that, I know Bess wants to take the long ball. You know, she long view. She wants the big deal, the the peace treaty. But Henry's like, no, no, no. You've got to speak up. You can't just have, you know, you can't have people attacking minority populations in their own country. We have to speak up for that because we're the United States. So yeah. they were really at an impasse. They really I don't were. Think, and that I don't think s- there was going to be any romance in the bedroom uh, that night. Later. No, no, that was a good scene, I thought. I mean, again, it was very well written, very well argued. They both had, you know, well-informed political points of view, and they were articulating them. Yeah, like, they didn't scream at each other. No. They weren't throwing things. Uh, they, there was no storming out of the room. But it was it was tense. So then Henry goes off to one of the most dangerous places in the world, uh, the panel discussion. Okay. <laughs> it's to be, he's a guest on some academic panel discussion because we don't really know what he's doing now. He's doing some ethical things. He's still teaching. He's, I know. I know. He's We've just, got, well, that's going to be, that's going to be you and me together. That's our challenge for uh, this season is to really, you know, work on Henry, get him a new career, something that's a little more engaging, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we heard from the executive producer and the writer that he's going to be an ethicist, but yawn. Okay. Um, yeah, if he's just going to give big speeches. I know. Kind of, yeah. I know. Uh, but, he, you know, he looks good doing it. So, so here's what happens. Henry contradicts Bess on a panel. He contradicts his wife, the Secretary of State. Uh, uh, her, yeah. Uh, and he, he asked the rhetorical question, is any country willing to do the hard work of being a democracy? It really worked in the moment. I mean, he had a pretty great answer on that panel discussion. Just, I know, but but what happened, Leanne? Not just, so good. It torpedoed the whole deal. Yeah. 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 That Indian ambassador and uh, uh, prime minister of India heard about Henry uh, on this academic, obscure academic conference. And they're like, we're out. Okay. You, yeah. can't, you can't be insulting us and blaming it all on the Indians. Uh-uh. We're done. So we're then leaving. I enjoyed when Bess got the chance to do the reverse silent treatment to Henry. We had seen Henry oh. silently judging in the beginning of the episode. And then later on in the episode, when Henry spoils the whole deal, um, Bess gets to treat him poorly. I That <laughs> seemed very realistic to me. You like that? Yeah. You enjoyed that? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Bess gets a little lecture from Russell over lunch, uh, that, uh, he needs, Henry needs to get on the same page and that that's a good bit of tension for them over the course of this season. That's going to be, we're going to see more of that, you know, particularly as she, uh, you know, ramps up her campaign. Yeah. I don't think Henry, Henry doesn't seem like he wants to get on the same page. He's used to doing his own thing. Right. Right. So, all right, in our next bit of uh, our next agreement that's formed, we have OG Washington versus the next gen. Okay, this is where Linda Lavin comes in. Linda Lavin appears in the season premiere, and she's fantastic, and she, she has won a Tony Award, so 
true to their promise, they're putting more Tony Award winners on the show. Um, she appears as this old school Washington secretary. I think you would mm-hmm. call her. I don't even yes. think administrative would... assistant. Okay. And, yeah. uh, in Russell's office, she's sort of back filling in vacation fill in, but she's done the job for years and, you know, nothing gets past her and she knows how to multitask and do 800 things. And she knows how to deal with Russell and everything in the same office where Stevie is the intern and she's just trying to get a tea station set up. <laughs> I know. She's making a lot of noise. A lot of noise. I know. But she, you know, she always has, you know, uh, Russell's health uh, is a major concern of hers Mm because she did save Russell. She saved Russell's life. Yes. Yes, she did. So, uh, so she thinks that it would be good to wean, and I think that's the word she Mm -hmm. used, to wean Russell off of caffeine, uh, caffeine. And so she thought it would be really good if she introduced tea uh to herbal tea to russell russell yeah well, he, he does a he does not want to be weaned of anything mm. and he doesn't want tea yeah and so linda lavin gave uh gave uh, stevie that look like i could have told you so could have yeah. told you that wasn't gonna work right that that's been her signature look for a 50-year career and good for her because it really yeah. works uh she's also totally on to to stevie because stevie gives some bogus excuse like oh i have a doctor's appointment at noon can i can i go and linda lavin knows when she comes back you know first she says are you sick what's wrong with you <laughs> so yeah i like it yeah <laughs> and then she said well how was the job interview because she knows stevie's off interviewing and i thought the scenes between the two of them the three scenes were all really well written i you love know. those yes Leanne, i love those because stevie is like intimidated uh by uh linda lavin and linda lavin is just you know i think i think she's kind of on stevie's side but she wants stevie to like you got to really step up here and don't be giving me these lame into a noontime uh, doctor's appointments. As Linda said, all noontime doctor's appointments are job interviews and everybody knows that, right? Yeah. And, and she also gave her good advice, like don't sell out for the first person. You have incredible connections here. So in, right. in Washington, D.C. and you've worked here. So don't be overly flattered by the first office that gives you a job. Hold out for the best job you can get. That was super great advice. Uh, but Stevie, the next day, comes back in in the great pink suit, and she's like, you know. <laughs> what, did you th- what did you think of this speech, Leah? Yes, go ahead. You know, Describe I, it. I, and- I think it's what um, young women are silently saying to older women in their offices uh, in their heads every day. <laughs> That's you what do. I thought. Yeah. I thought, you know, there's a little bit of, I thought it was very true because I think millennials don't quite respect this idea that, you know, someone of Linda Lavin's age, a woman in their 60s, 70s, has worked hard to get there and had incredible power. They just didn't get any credit for it. That that seems astonishing to millennials. And and Stevie sticks up for herself like, hey, I've earned all this, blah, blah, blah. I want to be respected on my own. But she doesn't say it in reverential tones. No. So it, I, I thought it was a really well-written speech because I thought that was true to what a young you know, 20 something right. woman might say to a 60 something woman who's been around the block a few times and is only going to be quote, an administrative assistant her whole right. career. She's yeah. going to work for powerful, uh, for a powerful man rather than be a powerful woman. Right. But you uh, know, Linda Lavin had a lot of, you know, and I thought it was very good. The generational divide, you yes. know, you got real sense of that. Cause yeah. Linda was like, Mm-mm, that's no, that's not exactly right. You know, you, you don't know, 
you don't know the glass ceilings that I broke through to get here and to to create my own world of power. And uh, so you think you know it all, Miss Millennial, but you don't. You right. Know? So that was good. Yeah, I thought they were both, I, again, just good writing. I thought they were both true to what they, the, uh, the, their characters is what I would yep. say. Yep. All right. Uh, so then we have the big action. So we have all these agreements. Go, we're going to sign the agreement. Everyone's gathered, you know, in the West Wing there. Oh, we have Linda Lavin and Stevie are going in. They're trying to get stuff. Oh, Madam Secretary's a little late because she's had the argument with Henry. They're still uh-huh. trying to work something out. And boom, a bomb goes off. There's an explosion. Uh, there's an explosion at the White House. And uh, Stevie is seriously hurt. And June, the Linda Lavin character, is seriously hurt. Uh, yeah. The president is still with. <laughs> He's still, still with us, Leanne. Were you hoping that he went down? You should never say that, Leanne. No, it was a, quite a dramatic scene. I mean, it's really, it's shocking. You know, I mean, of course, we've seen the Oval Office in so many movies and television shows, but you just really don't like that kind of stuff to go on. You know, yeah. so it was a bomb. You had that. You know, they did a really good job. That sense of disorientation. People are. You know, Secret Service are barging in, uh, taking people out. And, you know, you just there's so much confusion. And Stevie is badly hurt in in the uh, accident, as as is June. And so they are both rushed to the hospital. Yeah, I thought Stevie, the actress, was really good in that scene. And, you know, afterwards, she doesn't even realize she's been hurt. She's trying to go get help for June, but she's kind of in shock and she can't get the words yeah. out. And then she collapses and we see she has like a big shard of glass in yeah, her back. Very uncomfortable. Very so un- then we're transported to um, to the hospital where uh, Henry and Bess have a coming together, of course. Um, you know, they just they know they need to get whatever on the same page means about this presidential run, they have to do it, but they're going to wait for Stevie. It turns out that, uh, you know, that it was an RPG. What does yes. that stand for? What is that? That is, that is a rocket propelled, uh, rocket grenade. propelled grenade. Okay, like good. Our good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes, you asked me, Lee, and I get it. And they, they've also identified that, you know, at first they thought it was people that opposed the, the peace treaty between India and Pakistan. But it wasn't. In fact, it was a white nationalist group, APF. They're just briefly mentioned right at the beginning right. of the episode, like as another, you know, like a national terrorist group. And they're the ones that got, you know, they're they're the ones that bombed the uh, the White House. Yeah, they're they're mentioned in the PDB in the beginning. Yes, yes, Liam. And then I like at the end when the president comes to Bass and floats this. Could it be, you know, Pakistani or Indian nationalists here? Does that jibe with what you know as a CIA analyst? She goes, No, not really. It'd be really hard to get organized and get an RPG here like in a couple of days, and it turns out it was the white nationalist group. So we can see that's going to be an ongoing storyline on Madam Secretary, just as it is in our country and other countries around the world, a wave of nationalism. So bottom line is that they don't seem to ever sign the deal, right? That doesn't happen. No. Yeah. And then until the until the end, yeah, at the end they. Oh, is that what they were doing? Yeah, 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 Liam. Yeah, that final scene when they're back in in the sort of beat up the beat up Oval Office. Yeah, I guess I was just so focused on Bess's speech, I didn't realize that. Of course, that (laughs) that's what she was there for. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for, (laughs) Liam. Just just straighten you out on storylines. I literally watched this episode twice. I Uh, know you did, and you take notes, and you send your notes to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 
Stevie is going to be okay, but we lose June. June dies. I, I know. That was terrible. And yeah. This means Linda Lavin will not be in the all-musical episode of Madam Secretary that we suggested. Okay. That is a tragedy. Yeah, it is. So, That's bad. Okay. That's too bad. And then, but here's the deal. Then Bess gets the major speech at the end. Is she, is she's, she gets the big oration, the swelling music. She uses the word existential on network Ooh, television. I know. I know. I mean, that was really. Some... Nationalism is the existential threat of our time. Yeah. Is what said. Yeah. It was so. strong. And then ends with the idea of E pluribus unum. Uh, yeah. But she gets the idea for this from the three real secretaries of state. Now, that's what we talked a lot to Lori McCreary and Barbara Hall about. What did you think of that scene, Julie? I mean, they're... I thought it was pretty good. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. I think Hillary Clinton, she sort of, she was pretty bossy with a lot of her lines. She, she, she was, was, yeah. Good. She was bossy. <laughs> she was bossy. <laughs> I like, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, Madeline Albright is my favorite. I think because she has already been on the show, she seemed a little more settled in and was providing some, you know, some good insight. But all three secretaries and Colin Powell as well uh, seem, seem to work well. And and best, you know, best in the center there just was seemed it was seemed really credible that the four of them would be sitting around, and she had to come up with this great speech, and she was seeking their advice. And they were giving it to her in a very candid way. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I have to say, the first time I watched it, I really kind of teared up. This idea that, you know, our diversity is our strength, e pluribus unum, and they all have sort of individual stories that all the secretaries of state there had individual stories that played into that storyline. So I I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I got a secret thrill. I don't know why. When Madeleine Albright, Secretary Albright, called Hillary Clinton Hillary. I just... Yeah, I did did too. Like, (laughs) that was... Well, I, I guess that's why. what he would call her. She's not going to call you Matt. M-Sec, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I get, yeah, but but you agree with me. I thought Hillary was sort of like jumping in a little a little early with her lines, but I'm sure I'm sure she'll get a little more practice on the next time next time she comes on the show. It was yeah. it was, but they were good. There wasn't it wasn't strange. It was really written into the story, and I I enjoyed it. Yes. So, so that's when after she gets this great advice, then she goes out and she nails the big speech at the end, and then the, yeah. the camera pulls away and we see her at the White House. Best. And it's a very presidential moment for her. So obviously we're going to be seeing a lot more of those over the course of this year as she puts together her team and goes through the primaries and, and stuff like that, these, these moments. So uh, all in all, a very satisfying, very satisfying episode, except for poor Linda Lavin. I know. I know. It's really a shame. She was a character. I I liked her too. I liked it how she was on top of everything and ahead of everything and knew everything. And I was like, great. We have a mature character that's really, really bringing it and showing these millennials what to do. But then she gets killed (laughs) off. There's there's a message there too, Leanne. You know, <laughs> there is. All right, binders full of blouses. This is our weekly review of the fantastic clothes in Madam Secretary. Things we love, things we might not love, but I just have the loves on my list. Julie, what do you have on your binders? I have binders of blazers, Leanne. Oh. I think that was the big that was the big issue this time. There was just. Every scene, it seemed like MSEC or Stevie was in another like fabulous jacket. I wrote down and highlighted for, for you and me, sister, that we need to purchase a white blazer ASAP because <laughs> okay. those look very powerful. I mean, I think they're hard to wear because I'm sure we would get stains and get them dirty and your dog would jump up on, yeah. on your white blazer. But they look 
fabulous. Uh, so I think a white blazer for everybody. That's what I think. All right. I really like those wide leg pants, those blue pants she had on when they yep. were walking towards the Bodhi tree. That was a yep. winning look. Like I know she weighs about 12 pounds, so she can wear <laughs> wide leg pants. But do you think it's going to be an all-pants season, Leanne? This is what I'm a, I'm a little worried about. I mean, she wore wide pants in every single She season. did. I, in fact, I kept kind of flipping back and forth like, is this the same day? Is that? There was so no, much. No, no, no. She was changing her outfit. Yeah. I think, I think Hillary took her aside and said, hey, this is really what you need to do. You need to get yourself a kind of a uniform, like one look, like a pantsuit or a blazer and wide pants. And you just go with it and you just bring it in all different colors but you stick to the same thing. Do you mm. think? Do you think Hillary took Bess aside and told her what to wear? I think if uh, I think if she didn't, that's going to be in another episode because that's a good scene too, <laughs> where she goes to Hillary she for Secretary, fashion advice, Secretary yeah. Clinton for you know advice on how to live life on the campaign trail. I think that's good. yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like there was one scene where Daisy in a blazer, but she had that long polka dotted skirt on. That, I know. I Very cute. Fresh Very look. cute. Yeah. Okay. Very and Stevie's cute. pink suiting. That was great. I loved it. Yeah. It was, you really, I mean, it was very modern and it was feminine. Uh, it was strong and it was perfect for her age. Yeah. Plus it's was... very, Washington is a conservative town. Mm -hmm. It's not like New York or LA. There's not, it's a very conservative town. So it was conservative, but it was still very feminine. Yeah. It looked good. Right. Right. Okay, and then I thought Bess's hair game was strong. I think she's back. I think the hair's back. The Brett girl bounce was back, I felt like. I know. I mean, last season we had said she had that serious cut for yeah. a serious time. But yeah. I think I think if she's going to run for president, she's gotta, she, has, she has to let that hair grow out a little like that. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my presidential advice to her. Okay. Yeah. Wear it a little longer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else? No, I think that was it. Well, and of course, we already talk about the, talked about the beach cover-up. Yes, But yes, did. your assignment for next week is to, uh, is to go ahead and find yourself a white blazer. So, <laughs> I'm afraid I'd look like an ice cream man in a white blazer. <laughs> that is my fear. <laughs> so, I don't... Maybe get a little trim one with certain, maybe short, shorter sleeves. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. You, you could. You, you, you have slender shoulders. I, I have, like, my own shoulder pads. <laughs> Have my shoulders come with self self inflicted self inflicted shoulder pads? I don't know what you want to call them. Uh, so I don't I don't know. The blazer look on me is some it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Um, all right, this we are going to try to do this every week. We're this is what we're going to try to do. The Madam Secretary recap for the next twenty two shows. Um, next week we will be posting it a little bit late because I'm traveling, and so we'll figure it out. But yeah. you know, episode one, we're good. We're totally done. Good. We got we're it. We got it good. We got the background with our the executive producers, we're on and it. now episode episode one. We are off. We are launched. It's going to be a great season. Lots, lots is going to happen. If uh, we would love it, if you could rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, we never say that for the Satellite Sisters Talk TV, but feel free to do it. We love having new listeners to this show or to the other weekly podcast we do, Satellite Sisters, where we talk about things other than television, but a lot of the same things we talked about here. <laughs> 
women, clothing, I think, hair. Right. I think we, the white blazer discussion we can carry over <laughs> to the big show, Liam. Andive, yes. Right. Andive. Well, we do. We talk about women, different generations. Yeah. We talk about power. We talk about work. We talk about family, relationships, the things that you talk about with your friends. That's what we talk about at Satellite Sisters. So stay tuned for our new Satellite Sisters trailer. And if you like what you hear, come on over and subscribe. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, at Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast, or you can go to SatelliteSisters.com and the show is always posted there. Here's our new trailer. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. I've got some sad news. Avocado toast, it may have run its course. It's toast? No. (laughs) It's toast. (laughs) Julie, you went to see a movie this weekend, so we don't have to. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister. I have two boys of my own, a husband and a big dog. Does everybody okay. know that you lived in Russia? It's it's a data dump of royalty news. <laughs> you know we're coming at you, Facebook. <laughs> Reluctantly. Healthy eating and exercise, not fasting and dieting, remain your best bets. Damn it. <laughs> Darn. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive, and I live in Santa Monica with my dog, Hooper. Are Pop-Tarts a form of ravioli? <laughs> and stay noisy next gen. It's just a pleasure to be in two countries that appreciate coffee that doesn't include whipped cream. (laughs) From the West Coast to Sydney, it's really only three or four movies and a nap. (laughs) I'm Julie Dolan, I'm the oldest sister. I've lived and worked all over the world. Now I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm an empty nester and an urban nana with five grandchildren. New mom pep talk. My hobbies and activities, sloth is is what it says. Are they just voracious on the reef or will they bite us? Oh, did I tell you he was eating our paycheck? No. <laughs> is that our piece of the pie? This That's month? our piece. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, national right. sibling share your wealth day. Get yeah. off the table, Hooper. Yeah. Maybe All that right. lettuce had like one last day on, on the before it expired. <laughs> Just take the lettuce. There is silence. They're not calling back. Or as my son Will said, his text messaging system was broken, which is a lie. I mean, I guess if a smoothie here is $20, that it does make sense that actual high, an actual IV would be more expensive. Everybody just wants to see a Nemo. Yeah. You know, and it's like the U.S. Army trumpet ragoon or something. I don't think that's the right plan. I think it is. I'm I'm like 100% sure it's a trumpet for good. You can listen to new Satellite Sisters episodes weekly on all podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, and Google Podcasts. Or find us online at SatelliteSisters.com. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.